and welcome to another Perusia podcast. I'm Shabal Raish, your host, and I'm excited about our guest from the United States today. A former veteran, uh, 10 years in the army, also a, a fallen away Catholic, but a revert come back and is on fire for the Lord. And he's devoted to men's ministry. We're going to get to know him. His name is Marek Rudak. Sorry, Marek Rudak. Let me say that. His name Good is job. Marek Rudak. <laughs> and he joins me live now. Hello, Marek. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Charbel. It's, uh, you know, I, I love your accent. It's uh, just amazing. Australia is such a beautiful country. One of these, I hope I can make it over there. Uh, but I definitely want to congratulate you on the rolling R's. It's 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 quite a challenge for you for English speakers. <laughs> that's right. Yes, that's it's that's right. If it, what is the um, the background cultural background? So that name it's not a typical American name. Where where is your cultural? Sure. So I'm 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 uh, I was born in Poland. Uh, I lived there for the first fourteen years of my life, and and Marek is basically Polish Mark. So it's okay. like a Mark with an extra E. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh, fantastic. Uh, you have a, a fascinating story, uh, Marek, and uh, you also are the author of the book, and I can see it there, uh, The Love Driven Man. We're going to talk a bit about that um, towards sure, the end sure. of the show, but before we get that, I'd love to uh, explore your faith journey, your upbringing. Uh, sure. I understand you weren't uh, uh, very uh, devout in your faith growing up, but uh, you are on fire now as an adult. Can, can we go back to the beginning, a little bit about sure. who you are, uh, obviously raised in Poland, a, a bit about your upbringing and faith journey? Sure, sure. Yeah. So obviously there's much that can be said over here. So if I start rambling, you know, please stop me. But long story short, you know, I, I grew up in uh, communist Poland, very, very devout. You know, everybody I knew was Catholic. Um, and, and so I definitely had a lot of intellectual knowledge. You know, I had to I had to take uh, religion classes. And, you know, so I kind of knew the stations of the cross, the Ten Commandments, like a lot of intellectual knowledge. But the, um, the the emotional connection with the faith was very challenging for me. You know, for me, it's just, um, it's like something that we did, but nobody like ever demonstrated life as a Catholic outside of the church. In other words, the only time we ever talked about what happened in church is typically when, you know, my grandma was gossiping on somebody who did something wrong or didn't wear something properly. You know, we never like really discussed what happened to church. I mean, we went to the church, we were dressed, we properly behaved, but outside of that, you know, we just didn't do it. And then what, what another kind of uh, curveball that uh, prevented me from understanding my identity as a son of God was my very abusive grandfather. So long story short is uh, my, uh, my dad, my, my, my parents didn't get divorced, but basically my dad didn't live with us. I, I guess what happened is, is like he moved in uh, with my uh, grandparents. So it was uh, my grandfather, my grandma, me, my mom, and, and, and then our father moved in. Uh, but this happened before, you know, I kind of, you know, became conscious or whatnot. Uh, he got kicked out by my grandfather. And so he didn't live with us. So it's kind of, it was a weird situation because we, they weren't divorced. Uh, but, uh, but my dad wasn't there. And so, you know, especially, but, you know, these, these days, unfortunately, it's, it's pretty common that uh, kids don't uh, uh, grow up with their fathers. But me, I was like the only kid I knew that didn't have a father. And so the, the, the problem was, is that because my grandfather was so abusive, so verbally abusive, it destroyed my confidence. So it was very hard for me to picture a, a loving God because, you know, we looked very good in the church, but then my grandfather was very abusive. And so to me, that really destroyed my confidence. And, you know, I think it's very fair to say that we typically associate our family bringing to the image of God. And so because of my grandfather was abusive, uh, to, me, to me, church was just something that you did 
to get approval, uh, but it's not something that you actually lived out in, in your real life. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Thanks for that background because uh, it, I imagine how um, how real that is for many Catholics out there. Uh, we become cultural Catholics, and on the outside, it was sort of look good for the world, um, but but mm -hmm. what's going on in is is quite empty, or or, or, or um, we're not at peace with ourselves. Um, tell you know, you did sort of mention uh, communist Poland. Um, mm -hmm. What what the, I mean, so yeah, can we can you just give people a background because I don't know if many people understand. Uh, it was quite um, different, uh, but we're going back yeah. in the 70s and 80s, uh, what, what it was like there in Poland under communist. Uh, sure, regime. sure. So, you know, I, I lived in Thailand. So, you know, kind of the worst communist was during the Stalin era. I mean, back then, I mean, it's just like, it's scary. They're, like, for example, the KGB actually had quota how many people they had to kill every single day. You know, it was just, it was just, uh, I'm, I'm, it just blows your mind. Like the more you read about Stalin, how they had reg regular purges, even top leaders just get, you know, shut up. So, so, so that was like kind of the, the, the roughest communism. So I, I was born towards the tail end. So really what I experienced was more of the, the shortages. So like, for example, with me, I was never hungry, but like whenever you wanted some, some kind of like something extra like sugar or maybe like coffee, you have to stand in line because, you know, in communism, everybody's equal, right? So everybody has money, but the problem is, is that, you know, because everybody has access to it, the, the, the supply becomes the problem. And so, for example, I remember with my standing in line with my grandma to, you know, for example, I don't know if it was sugar or just kind of kind of like the, the extra things or like maybe like a maybe chicken. So something something more extra, you know, so so again, we weren't starving, but anytime you wanted some variety, you had to you had to uh, wait in line. So that was kind of like the main thing. And then uh, and it was just like everything was basic, you know, like, for example, even. I'll give you a perfect example. Like nowadays, we're all tired of, of uh, TV ads, right? I mean, it's like, who wants to watch another commercial? But, you know, back in my days, like commercials were the propaganda. It was just like some guy dressed like he's ready to go to war. And it's like, it was just very bland and very boring. And so, for example, when we first, when the wall fell, and all of a sudden we started seeing the Western TV programming, to us, commercials like, oh, this is awesome. People are smiling. They're like brushing their teeth or using a computer. And so, and so for the, obviously it wore off, but for the first couple of years, people were actually were more interested in watching commercials than actual programming. <laughs> yeah, interesting. I, I can't help think of uh, uh, our Pope at the time, um, St. John Paul II. Mm -hmm. I know when he went back to Poland, it was a huge uh, issue. They didn't want him to go there um, and they knew um, it, would, it would cause a stir. But he, and he did, he went there and, and people, he gave, the Polish a uh, lot of hope uh, to, to yeah. believe in God and, and be free and and I remember uh, was it uh, they were chanting his name and they, they were just in unison it was mm -hmm. phenomenal the, the, the scenes on TV and mm -hmm. and sure enough uh, I think he had a second visit and then uh, was soon after that uh, the wall came down uh, towards the late 80s um, tell us uh, do you remember uh, him visiting the country or, or do you yes. have friends or well, yes, yeah, so, so I actually was at one of his uh, events and, you know, and again, back then to me, like Catholicism was like, oh, you know, yeah. but it's like basically like my mom and my grandma dragged me to 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 see him uh, at some place in Poland. I, I'm not sure when, uh, you know, but but to me, to me, it was actually kind of cool because you got to do a, a, a trip. Uh, but, you know, and that, that's like the, the most people I've ever seen in, in one place uh, up until that point in my life. And then later on in the early 90s, we actually did this pilgrimage, which is, I, I don't know how we, we've done it, but basically like our small church basically got this like uh, a bus and it's like kind of like a communist bus. Like it's, it's very like bad shape. 
no air conditioning, no bathrooms, like everybody's stuffed together. Basically, you know, we were poor. So like we basically all the food we would take with us and we would drive from Poland all the way to Rome. And, wow. uh, and actually I have a picture, like when you can see like a corner of my face with the Pope. Uh, and, and so, <laughs> and so, so Pope was definitely a, a very big figure, you know, for me, it was more kind of like a celebrity. Uh, yes. but, but, uh, but I did, I did have a, a few touch points that, you know, I wasn't really appreciative of, but now looking backwards, I'm glad that, you know, my, 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 my mom and my grandma did, uh, did their best to, to get me exposed to it. Yes. I mean, who knows, we're going to learn now in your story. He, I mean, it's amazing. We come across saints and, uh, you, you, you met a saint and, and you had, um, a special figure there that planted a seed that you didn't realize till later, but. Let's talk about your upbringing now after that. Tell us, uh, like, as teenage years, um, sure. uh, what, what was life like uh, sure. then? You said you sort of, um, you weren't taking your faith that seriously. Sure. Uh, it yes. wasn't having an impact. Tell us more. Yeah, so, like, the, the thing about me is, like, I was always pretty good in school. So, like, I always get good grades. You know, like, uh, I was always kind of the, the teacher's pet because I, I memorized things very well. And so, the, the kind of the next thing that really shook me up is when I was 10, my dad passed away. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, that was unexpected, you know, like my, my dad, uh, he went to the hospitals before, uh, but uh, I'll never forget, in fact, I'll never forget that the, 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 when, when my grandmother told me that he passed away, because she basically told me, it's like, hey, you know, get dressed, you're going to go see your dad, which, which I was used to, because, you know, he was in hospital before, and then out of nowhere, she said, your dad is dead, and like, it's never happened to me, like, I lost strength in my legs, and I literally just, just, just like collapsed on the floor. Uh, and so that that was very hard, and um, and um, and and so that it, so so my dad passed when I was ten, uh, and then when I was uh, thirteen, my mom remarried, and she moved to United States, and then when I was fourteen, I joined her, and I moved to United States, Alameda, California, where I was super blessed to go to a Catholic high school. Uh, I mean, it, it was a huge blessing because you know uh, Catholic high schools you you have to pay extra, uh, but back then um, they, they they were very affordable. And so, uh, in like for the first two years, they, they gave us like a they gave me scholarship in the last two years because my stepfather did bingo, you know, it was actually free. We didn't have to pay anything for it. And so, and so again, I was really exposed to good education. You know, a lot of good seeds were planted to me, but but to me, the um, that the Catholicism aspect is like, okay, well, it's a Catholic high school. I gotta have a semester of religion every every semester, so I just need to memorize what I need to know. To get an A test, that I get a good average, good GPA, so that, that way I can go to a good college. Because I did, you know the thing that was really hard for me is because when I moved to United States, I never forget that day either. You know, I, I, my mom picked me up at San Francisco Airport. I look at her, and she's got a big belly. She's seven months pregnant. No, nobody told me about that. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty obvious. You get married, you have kids, but you know, I, at the time I was, I was fourteen. What, what did I know? And so, like that, you know. My, my, my stepfather was okay with me, but kind of the message that I got from that encounter on is that I'm kind of like the fifth family, fifth wheel in the family, you know, like my, my siblings, they got their dad and their mom. And it's like, to me, I was kind of like an extra. And so like, you know, kind of like my, my grandfather's told my confidence. Then I moved to the United States where I see my siblings have this perfect American family that I always wanted. And so I figured like the only way I can make it is or prove my worth is by getting good grades and getting to a good mm. school. Wow, that you know that that um, how real is that to, to many uh, who feel like that? Like you said, the fifth wheel. Um, we we are we are in in a situation today where that is more common than ever. Um, 
but uh, it's it does not mean um, you know you're not loved and does not mean that you're not accepted but but mm -hmm. uh, but it certainly is in your mind does make, yeah. it, make it be tough on, on you so what impact did that have on you I guess you you know your I your identity your um, your yeah your your outlook on life um, yeah. Did that did that influence then uh, actions in your life? Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Beyond time, that, tell us a bit more. Yeah, big time. I mean, like obviously, like looking back, I would have still went to West Point. I would have done it all over again. But mm. if I was to be honest with you, the main reason I went to West Point is because I thought that, hey, you know, you see, you see these like um, movies with these military leaders, mm. tough. Everybody respects them. I thought to myself, man, if I if I go to West Point and I'm like, just like guys, these guys on TV, then I finally have the respect. I finally show my worth, you know, because, you know, I didn't have the worth on the inside. So I saw it on the outside. And so, again, I would have done the same thing over again. But back then, my objectives were uh, more selfish, for sure. And so that really that really um, steered me towards the military because military is a wonderful organization. But, you know, the, the thing about the military, you know, for example, like at West Point, you get a good grade, you get a badge, you, you know, later on when you graduate, you go to Ranger School, you get another tab. You go to war, you get a badge, you get, you know, so it's like, it really, it's, I mean, again, it, it's a, it's a good thing. I, I don't criticize it, but especially if you're uh, hungry for validation, like military is perfect place because there's a lot of tangible things you can put in your uniform to feel, to feel validated. Yeah. Very interesting. So yeah. Tell us about that life in the military. So you spent 10 years. Um, so you mm -hmm. were, you've graduated from high school. Did you went mm -hmm. straight into the military? Or uh, so, so the way it works is uh, I went to West Point, which is a military academy. And so basically the way West Point is, it's, you know, here in the United States, I'm not sure how it is in Australia, if you guys kind of follow the European model, but for us, it's like, you know, you have high school and you typically have bachelor's degrees for, for, for yes. four years. And then later on, you get graduate school if you want to, because for example, in, in Poland, uh, in Europe is you typically do five years since combined master's degree, but in, but in the United States, you do, you do four years. So that's your kind of the, the standard bachelor's. And then so West Point is essentially like a college. The main difference is that uh, you have to take military classes. Mm -hmm. You take a lot of physical <laughs> physical fitness classes, like for, for example, boxing. You know, that's like another thing I'll never <laughs> forget. You know, it's like, and like the way you do boxing over there, it's like real boxing. Like you, <laughs> you, you, you learn that the skills, but the way you actually get a grade, you have to like do the, the graded bows, you know? And like, wow. and it's like, you, you actually go at it. And like, for example, with me, like the, you, you gotta do four. The first two I did very well. And I thought to myself, man, I should have been a boxer, you know? And then my <laughs> third one, man, I was fighting this guy. This guy was so fast. Like, I, I, like, I'm, I'm like, there, there, boof, and all of a sudden, I don't even know where it came from. And literally, like, you know, like you see in the cartoons, you, the, the stars, you know, you got yeah. this, it's like, I was like, man, that's where it comes from, you know? So you really, so, so it's basically like the college is that the military training and then the physical training. Basically, what happens is when you graduate, um, then your your obligation to do is, is do five years on active duty. You know, with me, I ended up doing six years because I had to, I got stop loss for Afghanistan. Because what happens is when you when your unit get put on a mission, you can't they they lock everybody down. Uh, but yeah, so mm -hmm. over there I, I went to West Point. By the way, over there I had this wonderful priest. You know, um, I'll never forget his name. It's Father Gordy. You know, and and it's and it's funny because at the time I was very like focused on the grades, but man, that guy was just so kind. You know, there's just like such a loving presence that I just could not ignore it, you know? And so even though like at West Point you sleep, sleep deprived, I mean, it's kind of, they call it the Thayer system which basically like they overload you on purpose just to kind of uh, focus you to prioritize and give you as much uh, pressure as they can without putting you into combat, you know? So even even with all of that, I would still uh, go, to, go to mass, not necessarily for mass itself and I hate to say it, but really because 
I saw this guy and he was like so calm and so joyful and so peaceful. And so that was like yet another example, like even though I, you know, I didn't really get it or I didn't really much care for it, I was definitely drawn to the people who were living out the life. And, you know, those are the people, it took another 10 years for, for the, the, the seeds to start growing, but these people definitely planted some quality seeds inside of my heart. Well, yes, yeah, so true, isn't it? Uh, how many of us we come across people in our lives, and we, we don't we seldom realize that's God putting them in our lives, and um, and, and they they're right under our nose all this time. But that's great. You can look back and you can see these points. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, so then military life. Uh, did you? I understand you did. Um, you did get married. Uh, were you were you in the army at the time, or you had sure. left? What, tell us about uh... yeah so like with me one thing you learn is i'm a slow learner i make a lot of mistakes you know to 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 learn so so that you know that the, the kind of the next shocking thing that happened to me was is that my mom passed away from cancer sorry um, and you know and and by the time i got i got to the hospital she was unconscious and so um i you know i never kind of got the closure with her because it's like it's really sad because it's like my mom like really cared for me but you know, because we, we kind of grew up in this abusive household, we never like learned how to communicate emotions to each other, you know, so like she always like cared for me deeply, but like I never like was able to show my appreciation with so I, we never really had this kind of like an honest, heartfelt conversation, even though she I, I know I know she really, you know, she really uh, cared for me. And obviously, she sacrificed for me a lot. And so that that really shook me up. And then the kind of the second thing that shook me up is that I got put on order. So I went to Iraq, but I, I got put on orders for Iraq. Uh, for 15 months, for 15 months, I mean, uh, to Afghanistan for 15 months, it was back at the peak, you know, where, where there was shortage of people. Um, and, and long story short, I, I met this woman um, that, um, that, you know, kind of going back to that theme of like, I, I was like looking for validation, she was like really validating me, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, I, and I, and basically what happened is I didn't know her for long. Uh, I didn't have a lot of experience, I didn't have any good role models. So I thought, well, you know, she she loves me. She makes me feel good. It's the right time. I'm about to go to Afghanistan. So it would be kind of a good thing to have somebody in my life because at that time, my, my dad was passed away. My, my mom passed away. So I had no parents. You know, with my siblings, I didn't have a good relationship with them, but they were kind of young too. And so, and so long story short, I mean, I did it for all the wrong reasons and I just didn't know uh, what I didn't know. And, uh, and it felt like the right thing to do, but it just, uh, I, I rushed into failure without knowing it until later on. And um, that did uh, did that last long? Uh, I know um, you that that in the end. It, how long were you with her? Sure, sure. So we so we got married right before I went to Afghanistan. So like we were we had four years um, married, and then and then and then because she was Polish, you know, in Poland it's very important to have a Catholic wedding. And that was me back then. I was like, man, Catholic wedding, like, come on, it's like what's the point of wasting money? You know, that, that was my mm. thinking, but you know, her mom was like, man, like, how can you guys are married without a Catholic wedding? And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. And then the sad thing is, is like my, my ex-wife did the marriage prep classes. I didn't even do them. And she, she got that, you know, she got it forged that we did them together. So it was like a total rush job just to kind of, you know, keep the, keep the parents happy. And so, and so what happened is, is that even though we were married for the four years, you know, a year and we in 15 50 months of that I was in Afghanistan then later you know by that time I, I left the service I got a job with ExxonMobil mm -hmm. and the sad thing is is Charbel is that I just wasn't a good communicator uh, and you know by that time things were breaking down and you know how it is you watch tv you, you see like couples having conflict you kind of mm -hmm. see this kind of powerless dad 
and I just felt like, oh, so this is what true marriage is. And so another mistake that I've made, I kind of defaulted to what I know. And so like what I do know is I, I, I love like working on the frontiers. So I, I volunteered for the for an assignment in Nigeria where I did rotational assignments where I spent a month on, on, the, on the vessel offshore of Niger Delta and I had a month off, you know, so to me, and the sad thing is I actually looked forward to being offshore because there I was with men, I was working, like it's, it's something that I knew and going back home, which is supposed to be restful, what was stressful for me. But, but the thing that really killed our marriage is that uh, it's like another day I'll never forget. Uh, my ex-wife was cheating with her boss, you know, and it, it just crushed me because, you know, I knew our marriage wasn't perfect, but but I, I thought that, you know, whatever, whatever it is, I could always trust her. And, you know, out of all the things that our marriage was, I, I thought that this, this would never happen. And so like, literally like the moment I found out, I mean, I, it's like time stopped. It's like, it's like a bomb went off. I was just like, all I kept saying is like, Jesus Christ, Jesus. Because to me, it just wouldn't compute. Like this, this cannot be happening, you know? And, and so, um, but even, even, even then I was, you know, still open to reconciliation, but long story short is, and um, that's, you know, it's another that I won't forget. I, I walk, I walk, uh, I go, go back from work, um, look into my house uh, after work. I, I noticed that half of the furniture is missing. And then later on, I found out she moved in with that guy. And so that was, that was basically the end of our, the, the end of our marriage. And then later on, I did the, the, the annulment process, but that was kind of the, the final nail, nail in the coffin. Yeah. Well, so, you know, that would have, you've lost your two parents. Now you're, your your mm -hmm. wife uh you're on your own um i mean i'm just thinking uh, you feel like are you at the life on at the bottom of, of the battle oh, yeah right I, now? I, I was yeah. i was what suicidal was like? i was suicidal i mean I, wow. it's it's you know the, well, the one well, yeah it, tell, tell us your mental state uh with all oh, that yeah, yeah. it was it was horrible like i i could not sleep i was like always like um like like i remember back then i had this uh, i had this off uh, i worked at the contractor's office it was like a 40 minute drive and mm -hmm. this day praise i don't know how it happened because literally for like days at a time we wouldn't sleep i didn't get into an accident i was like always on this high adrenaline the, the one thing that saved me was is that my mom had a very good friend and she kind of became my my kind of mom by proxy and mm -hmm. she she was working real estate she did these uh, basically loans and it's something that she could do from wherever. And she came over and lived with me for, for three weeks, you know, in that, in that half house with, with the half the furniture empty. You know, it's like every time I come back, it was just like a reminder, you know, how alone it was. So she was there with me. And that very likely saved my life, you know, having somebody there with me for those three weeks yeah. was, was super helpful. Um, and, and that was, that was the, 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 the lowest of my low. And so, and that's, that's kind of the, but as hard as it was, it was exactly what I needed to, to wake up. And that was, you know, the slow start of, of coming back to God. Yeah. Let's, that, and that's, uh, yeah, this is a, the point I've been waiting for. How do we get you now? You are on fire now for, for, for the Lord. Tell us now um, this climb back up. How did you rediscover your faith or learn, you know, how, sure. what happened there? Tell us this process. So it definitely wasn't overnight. I, I, I wish I could, you know, tell you that it's, it was an overnight conversion. Wasn't the St. Paul moment struck by yeah, lightning. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and, and, and in a way I kind of feel good saying that because I remember um, watching like a lot of testimonies. In fact, the other day, yesterday I was watching Father Calloway's testimony, very, oh, very yeah. good testimony. And then he said like, there was this like one specific moment in a mass. You know, I think, yeah. I think it was uh, worship and then he like had a voice of Mary and it was like this instant thing, you know, which is great. 
but you know that's not always the case so i'm just hoping that for people who are listening that hasn't happened to you you know the kind of the slow compound interest you know coming back <laughs> to faith is, is still is still a, is still a viable option you know so for me it was definitely very slow you know like one, one thing that kind of helped me is i got another assignment in angola so i went uh, i lived in angola for over a year so that was helpful because i spent a lot of offshore I, I had a drinking problem so the good thing about being offshore you can't drink so that 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 focused, focused me on work prevented me from drinking um, and and then i started i started reading you know i started reading and it wasn't always like the kind of the catholic books it, it was things like dostoevsky i did some philosophy reading but i also did some some catholic reading you know and and, and i was searching because i just felt like um you know like up until then I kind of knew what my next step was, you know, for example, you go to you know, your college, you get a job, you know, for example, I was in the military, so you get a corporate job, in a corporate job, you, you, you kind of, you get married, if, you know, so, but, but like with that, with that divorce, everything got broken down. So I was really confused on, on, on what, what I should do. Um, and so, um, and, and so I was really searching to kind of figure out, I was like, hey, you know, now that this happened, I was looking for answers to, to make sense of it. And so, uh, Catholicism wasn't that, that way, but it became one of the ways. And over time, I just realized that, hey, this is what makes the most sense for me. Was there a, um, a particular book you remember? Sure, so, so there's a number of books I read. Uh, I mean, I, I looked at um, secular books like Dostoevsky, even some New Age books. But the one that really touched my heart the most is Arise from, from Darkness by Benedict, and I know you can pronounce his last name better yeah, than I can. Father Benedict Rochelle. Yes, excellent yeah, book. Yes. I mean, in fact, I, I bought it a physical copy and I actually downloaded it on Kindle because it just, it just really, it's exactly what I need to hear at the time. Wow, he's a holy man. Um, mm -hmm. May he rest in peace. Uh, I remember he passed away. I was in the States, I was in an airport. Uh, he is a Franciscan friar and he, he mm -hmm. passed away on the um, feast of St. Francis of Assisi. Uh, it was just amazing. Uh, he had a huge impact on the Catholic Church. So, wow, um, yeah, to read that book, that's interesting. The, t tell us uh, then, now you did say you, did you um, read a New Age book there as well? Did I pick up on oh, that? Oh yeah, uh, like, cause I was, calling, you know, for example, I read The Seed of Soul, you okay. know, the New Age stuff. And you know, it's it's kind of funny cause you know, and we can, um, I actually, have, I'm, a, I'm a certified coach and actually the certification I did was by New Age, you know. Oh, wow. And at the time, and oh, man, Sharp, and I was you really like, were searching close. for all sorts of things. You were, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were well, dabbling yeah. in a lot of things at the yeah, time. Yeah, and I was like literally this close to flipping over to the kind of the the light, if you will. But it's, but you know, it's it's, and actually write about it in the book. You know, the the kind of the you know, and because I know we don't have much time, but you know, like, and I, I was drinking the Kool Aid because you know how it is. You see Oprah do it. You see Tony Robbins. You know, all these people are are saying it, and. And I think that even some of the Catholic speakers, if you like listen to them, they're kind of, they're, they're kind of influenced by that prosperity thing. Uh, but, but the thing that kind of really, um, that really like, like was like kind of the, um, that, that helped me get out of it is I'll never forget this one conversation I had to do with this one lady. She's like, yeah, yeah, this is good. But the problem is, is that all this new age stuff puts all the pressure on you, right? Because mm. if you know, it's up to you to visualize it. It's up to you manifest it. So if you're not happy, it's all your fault because you're not manifesting enough. You're not visualizing. You're not. You're not forming your illusion. You know the way you're supposed to. And so, and 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 she was like really stressed out because it's like for her, like she basically puts all the responsibility on you. And so to me, like from my life experiences, I've noticed that when I lean on God, obviously the answers don't don't come as quick as I typically like. But when they do. 
man, it's worth it. It's like all these, all these years of pain. And obviously I've been doing a lot of pain. It's like, praise God, because this is what I needed. And had I not went through it, I would not have been able to appreciate it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So how can you tell us now you did say it's a long journey. Mm-hmm. Can you sort of remember when you got to the point where I'm, I'm a Catholic, I'm, I love my faith. Like, how how many years are we talking in sure. this whole? Yeah, so it, it was it was very it was very gradual. So like the divorce happened in in uh, 2010. That was my lowest low, and I started slowly start going back. You know, for example, I started praying rosary, try to do it daily, but it was kind of on and off. When I could, I went to mass. Um, you know, but it, it was kind of like the like big uh, milestone. I'm trying to think about like like what the kind of the the main milestones. So. So the first one was like praying the rosary daily. I think that one, yeah. that one was a big milestone. Interesting, you knew to go back to that, the rosary. That? Interesting, you knew that uh, to yeah, go back well, to the it's, rosary. It, it's funny because like I, I grew, well, it's funny. It's interesting because I remember growing up, like I remember seeing my grand, uh, great grandma in the corner praying the rosary and doing, you know, while hiccuping, you know, like while sometimes <laughs> falling asleep, I thought, you know, what is she doing? But but like literally, like like as soon as I found out that my ex-wife cheated on me, uh, like you know, after I kind of came out of that church, like one of the first things I did was pray the rosary, you know. So it's kind of it's kind of fascinating how like these seeds, you know, a lot of times feels like it's a waste of time, but you just don't know the day or the hour when they start blossoming. And so right. and so that was like the the, the the first thing, like like when it kind of brought me to rosary, and you know, and that that was that was a a, a regular practice. I'm trying to think. Like and another big step for me uh, was opening up to people, you know, okay. because because I think it's especially hard for us, and I see it all the time with the with the men I coach. It's like because we never had like father figures who like open up or vulnerable, you know. We think that it's not manly, uh, but like what I've noticed is that when I open up, that's how you create deep connections, you know. And for example, like, you know, one of the main things that uh, happened all of my journey was, uh, and obviously I, I met, met my wife, Jessie, which is a, a super blessing, but one of the reasons we were able to, to make that connection because we met at a Catholic retreat and, you know, I, I'll never forget to this day, she like opened up about her story. And I remember like my old self would have been, man, she's got some issues, but, but like my new self, because I'm so used to like talking about my story, it's like, man, this woman, is real, you know, I can have an honest conversation mm. with her, you know, and so that, that, that was, that was like a, another big thing. And then another big thing, and I'm just kind of making these up on the spot, so I apologize if it doesn't make sense, is, is letting go of sin, you know, letting go of sin, because, uh, you know, I did pornography, um, I did, uh, for, for a while, after I got back to the United States, I did online dating, which led to a lot of, you know, premarital sex, mm-hmm. and so to me, um, like, actually, walking the talk that that was that was the huge thing and i think that for me and i think it's true for an average average man too is that walking the talk in when it comes to theology of the body that's kind of the a big a big transition and, and a big test of like do you actually mean what you say yeah absolutely look um it's real that's right and sin we can be bondage to sin and poor and slave to sin but mm-hmm. uh interesting how uh you met your wife in a, on a retreat on a catholic retreat mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. knew to go to uh so by the time you did you get married i mean ha, what happened there tell us how that relationship blossomed sure um sure. from the retreat because sure. she is a devout catholic herself and and i think that helped both your faith journeys right sure sure yeah i'm, I'm just kind of mindful at times so we, we don't um i don't talk too much but um 
but yeah so like when i when i met her the interesting thing is like when i went to this retreat that the the title of the retreat was called something about transitions and uh and at the time you know i was with excel mobile but i just knew that you know even though it was a great job it's kind of it kind of goes back to that analogy from from plato like once you see the light you cannot look at the darkness the same way. Mm -hmm. So like once I started seeing the light, not, not that corporate America is bad, but I just knew that this wasn't it, you know? And so, and that's, that, that's the amazing way I went to this retreat to kind of figure out like, well, what's the next step? And, and so the, the, the kind of the fascinating thing is, is that I was in the same small, small group with, with my, with my you know, now wife. Now, just to kind of give you some background, you know, for about five or six years, uh, I did a lot of online dating. And, you know, my, my typical uh, my engineering mind was like, hey, the best thing to do is throw as many things on the wall, see what sticks. So that's why I wasn't on one dating website. I was on five dating websites wow. because I felt like, you know, the more the merrier. But <laughs> what, what happened is, is, you know, and obviously I can talk a lot about it, but there was a lot of heartbreak, a lot of disappointment and a lot of recognition that, hey, you know, you know, if I'm Catholic, then would I be doing this? You know, mm. so I, I felt that God was telling me to delete all of the online profiles and trust him, you know, to 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 lead me to whatever's next. And so, and it was hard. It was hard travel because you know how it is. It's kind of like Facebook. These things are designed to get you addicted. You know, you get a wink yeah. here, you get an icebreaker here. And, you know, all the pictures on these websites are good. So it really strokes your ego. So it was very hard for me to, to delete these things. And, and so by that time, I was uh, about one year free of any kind of dating. And by that time, I kind of had this mindset of, hey, I'm doing this Catholic thing. And I told myself that, you know, me following through on these teachings will result in me being single because I just didn't see anybody who was doing the same thing. And I thought that, you know, that that was kind of the tax of, of, of doing that the thing. So in my mind, I assumed that I'll be I'll be single for the rest of my life. And so like when I met Jesse, I, I was very hesitant because I was in relationships before where it seemed like, you know, it was we're going to do the, the Catholic thing. Mm. But, you know, <laughs> one thing led to another. It's like, oops, how did this happen? You know? And obviously, I don't want to be too graphical, but but you know, and so like I, with Jesse, I was like, well, it appears good, but I just been burned before, and you know, I'm pretty committed to to leaving corporate America. So like, I don't know if she should be interested in somebody like me who's who's a dreamer who wants to quit his job, and you know, Jesse's in a she's a corporate attorney, and so I was like, wow. man, I know how to get rid of her, you know, I'm gonna get rid of her, test her, you know, just to kind of clarify things. I'm gonna tell her what I want to do, which was I want to quit my job. And she was super supportive, you know, because in my mind, my mindset was like, hey, guys, number of job is to provide, you know, if you don't provide a, a woman in your 30s, it's not going to waste your time with you, you know, but she, she looked at it from the bigger picture. And I was like, oh, man, so like, you actually want to be with me, even though, you know, I'm going to lose this really high paying job. And I, I don't know where, you know, when, when my next paycheck is going to come from. And so, and so that, you know, it took, took me a while to um, trust that I don't know where it's going to lead to, but if I follow God and I follow the church's teachings, it's going to lead to a good thing. And obviously it was, it was an excellent choice for me. Praise God. So um, when was the, so how long did you know her before you got married? So, uh, so we, we had the retreat in February and then we started officially dating. I'll never forget this because it's uh, April 1st, full April's Fool's Day. <laughs> you know? so, so it's kind of ironic, uh, you know, yeah. uh, April's Fool's Day. And then uh, I proposed uh, in, in August. It was right before my birthday. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so it was it was fairly quick, you know. Um, yeah. All and, within and, that and same I'll, year. 
Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, so mm -hmm. it's like it's so April, May, June, July, August. So five months. So wow. Now the ironic thing, Charbel, is this is this ain't my first rodeo. So I was like, slow down, cowboy, slow down. You know, you rushed before and you paid the price. You know, please don't make the same mistake again. So I, I mean, I was ready to propose within two months, but I was just like, you know, slow down, pray about it, pray about it. But it's just like, you know, um, I think everything was like so so clear. I mean, it just you know that's why I'm I'm a big proponent of theology of the body because um, you know that was actually something that Jesse brought up when I asked her to be my girlfriend. And, and I'll be honest with you, I, I've, I've never done it with any other woman before. Uh, you know, when she said it, uh, I was like, yeah, yes, let's do it. Like, let's follow the theology of the body. But yes. I, like, because I had similar intentions before and, and fell apart, I thought, well, you know, it's probably, it's probably not going to work out, but it, it's a worthy goal, you know, but, but we actually persisted. And, and, you know, that made the decision very easy because like, once you remove lust off the table, yes, then you realize like, hey, that, that's at least in my experience that's the only way you can make a, a clear decision like that you love the person for who they are rather than what they would how they make you feel and so oh. and so you know while I'll, i would uh even back that to myself like five months are you are you sure are you sure you know you, you're rushing into it but you know it, with that theology of the body it just it just made it simple i mean it was it was just uh it was just a no-brainer it was like the easiest decision of my life i can't help think uh yeah Saint John Paul II, who gave us the, the theology of the body. Oh yeah, uh, I know it's funny. I, I didn't make that connection. Yes, that's true. Yeah, it's yeah, in yeah. the roots, then you you got to meet him, the author of mm -hmm. that, uh, the brains behind it all, or God, of course, through him. Um, but uh, amazing, uh, that's been revolutionary. People understanding what that is. Um, so that's beautiful. So you married? Any children? Do you have children together? No. So that's something you know. Okay. Please pray for us. You know, and and it's hard okay, because. We'll you know, um, a lot of the times, you know, people were like saying, well, you're trying to do, you know, in vitro IVF, you know, are you trying to, you know, do these things. And so we, we, we just leave it in God's hands. Um, yes. You know, also, we're very open to adoption. Um, you know, right now, Jesse's is going through some health issues. But once we sort it out, you know, regardless if you have a biological baby or not, then um, then we we'll, we're, we're definitely want to adopt. It's something that we want to do. Uh, but yeah, long story short, we don't have, but it's not because of lack of trying. Yeah, we'll be praying for that with you. Um, we we were blessed to see both of you on the Rosary Pilgrimage, and you mm -hmm. both uh, led the Rosary for us in that Rosary Pilgrimage. So we got to see Jesse, and uh, it was nice to, to hear in multiple languages as well. So it was mm -hmm. quite beautiful. I think we did. Yeah, she, she's a smart one. She's the you know she's uh, she's got a <laughs> she's an attorney. She's got a master's. You know she's uh, I, I definitely I definitely uh, married above my. Uh, above my punching level. <laughs> oh, well done. Well, what a blessing. But now you did, um, you are known uh, for men's ministry. You, you are very mm -hmm. active now um, coaching men and, and, and mm -hmm. giving them guidance and uh, about how to be uh, the best men they can be. And you have a book that you've written. Tell us, I can see it in the corner there, The Love Driven Man. Tell us about the book. What led you to, sure. to this? Sure. So it's um, it really comes down to recognition that we as men, we typically don't have good role models to, mm. to model to us what, uh, what good looks like. And, you know, and because of that, we end up doing things uh, out of fear, out of, out of our wounds. And so, so to me, the whole kind of idea behind the love driven man, it's kind of, you see, you see it on, the, uh, on that sign, it's this kind of choice, control or love. You know? So for example, for me, because, my, uh, because I was wounded as a child you know, with my abusive grandfather, I, uh, I defaulted to, to control, to, um, 
to not feel that pain again, you know? And so that's why, that's why I never like let anybody in because I didn't want them to hurt me. Uh, that's why I really wanted to um, create this image that people would buy, buy into. You know, for example, one of them doing that was through my military uniform. It's like, hey, he graduated in top 10% of the class at West Point. He's got a Ranger tab. He's, he's got to be good. I was very much focused on, on that stuff, you know? And so what I'm trying to do is like with this book is helping men identify where they are controlling. I found out where this control come from and help them to let it go because that will result in, in, in a much better uh, love-filled life for them. That's fantastic. Um, that book, um, yeah, how... Uh... Is it available? How do people get in touch? How sure, do sure, sure. So it's it's available on Amazon. Uh, it's all, uh, on Kindle. Also, I, I did an Audible version. It's not me. Oh wow! But I got another veteran. He's got a really. He's kind of got got that kind of Morgan Freeman voice. So it's out, uh, available on Audible and also Apple Audiobooks. If you if you prefer to listen to books, you know, it's like okay. one thing I've noticed is that uh, you know, like me, I'm a reader, so I prefer to like read things. But I've noticed from from men. That some some prefer to listen to things and sometimes you know people are busy so they can listen to it on on the drive to work or, or whatnot so it's, it's available on audible amazon kindle and apple audiobooks brilliant okay please uh, do yourself a favor and and get a copy and, and listen and, and 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 learn all you men out there and even all you women learn about what, what it is that the man is going through so would you recommend women read this or, or well uh... yeah i was actually gonna mention is that there's a good number of women who read it uh, and help them understand why men act the way they do. Because I think it's it's fair to say that on average, women are more in tune with their emotions. And so, you know, that's like, like we are guilty of like the way we do things, we assume everybody, the other person should think the same way. And so like what this helps is like for women to understand like why it's hard for two men open up, you know, yes. and if it's hard to open up, like what are the reasons? Because once you understand it, it's a lot easier to be empathetic and it's a lot easier to have the, about the have the conversation about the root causes rather than clash on the uh, on, on the symptoms. You, you um have a website or you have I know you have a, a podcast. Tell us uh, uh, how do people get in touch with you and, and learn more sure. about you? Sure. Work. So the, probably the best way to go is go to my website. It's it's basically my name maracruda.com. Uh, you know, on there there's there's a link for Calendly if you want to have a quick conversation, even you question for what I mentioned or have particular questions about about mm. your situation uh you know because another thing that i've also been doing is i've been doing a lot of executive coaching as well so i, I get to see um these dynamics in corporate level you know so i get to coach places like pinterest yelp uh these kind of tech companies and and you know and obviously i, I don't want to run over but to me it's just fascinating how you know people at those like high levels they struggle with the same thing in fact you know, like um, one thing that's very common in, 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 you know, in executive coaching, because I do it for, for a company, it's called the imposter syndrome, you know, mm, and, and it's nice. actually so common that it's, it's a pull down menu item. And it's like, what? you know, when, when I co co coach these executives at the root cause, what it comes down to is that idea of, of, of control in a sense that they didn't get the, the validation growing up, they didn't get that love from their parents or, or whatnot. And so they become very hungry for it later on in life. And when they get to that level, it's like, you know, it should be a good thing, but actually in a way it's, it's actually worse because now that they got there, they were, they're afraid of, of, of losing it, you know? And so, and it's just sad because at the root cause of it is just this idea or idea, this uh, unfortunate situation where, where people don't get love. And it's, and, it's, and it's to me just fascinating how it affects regular people, executives, you know, Christians, Catholics, everyone, you know, and it just, 
and it's just so sad because it should be so natural but because of our broken world it's actually uh, a luxury yeah wow so true in our final minute together um and I, I just want to congratulate you on all the work you're doing and and just hearing your journey to this point and now that you're giving back and you're helping um you know men today uh, rediscover who they are and they're calling what would be your final sort of take-home message here um and, and i'll let you take away the final thought what would be your yeah just what's the takeaway for people watching now yeah sure so that's that's a tough one um you know, I'm actually, I got asked to do a, a talk for Knights of Columbus about how to grow in their spiritual life. Uh, you know, and I, and I think that, you know, one of the key things, I think in my mind, it all starts with prayer, you know. So if you, if you don't have a prayer routine, get one. And if you have a prayer routine, but you don't feel like it's, it's getting you closer to God, you know, think of it as a workout. You know, sometimes you work out and your muscles get used to it and you need to change things up. So, so please, you know, if you have a routine and you don't feel like you're growing spiritual, please don't be afraid to, to change it up and find something that helps you to hear God's, God's voice better because uh, it all starts with grace. And I believe that the best way to, to, to tune into that grace, to be able to be more receptive to it is through a, a prayer routine that you feel is, you feel like it's, it's helping you grow spiritually. It doesn't have to be, you know, the kind of that road to Damascus moments, but, but like, if you look on average, you know, like over the last few months, did this get me closer to God? If yes, keep doing it. If not, well, you know, the beautiful thing about our Catholic faith, we have so many different things. We got rosary, we got the uh, liturgy of the hours, you know, I'm doing that recently. You got these consecrations. I mean, you, you name it. So just just pick one and, and find the one that uh, that sticks with you. And if it doesn't work, don't be hesitate to, to change it out to help you um, improve that connection to God. Powerful. I couldn't have said any better. That's great. Uh, I echo that, you know, prayer is, is transformative and find something that actually sticks. And what's beautiful about our Catholic faith, we don't just promote one type of prayer with so many ways of praying. It's quite beautiful. Um, it's great to hear you on fire for your faith, uh, Marek. And thank you for sharing your story with us. Uh, I, I, I hope uh, we can get you on again and we can really tap into more of your knowledge in, in this sure. space of, of uh, male spirituality and, 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 and the work that you do um we're going to do i've got a feeling we want to see a lot more of you uh in the future oh, so thank you appreciate you it like, anytime my pleasure please pray for us we're praying for you uh god bless you and and again the website again it's marekrudak.com yep that that's correct it. thank you so thank you for listening uh that's marek uh, what a great uh, man man of faith uh and i encourage you to visit his website uh, read the book, get a copy of the book, and just get to know more about his work. And, and look, don't be afraid. If you're someone that is looking for direction or just have answers, why don't you get in touch with him and take advantage of these one-on-ones that he can offer? Um, I think it's it's going to be very valuable. Thanks again. That's another Perusia podcast. I'm Shabal Reish, your host. Please visit us at our website, perusiamedia.com. Don't forget to join our uh, Perusia World uh, social media platform. Uh, again, uh, all information is on our website. And uh, we, we hope to see you there. So thanks again. God bless.